the reason I'm excited about this series is, and as Jenny and Leah kicked it off so well, this is us learning to think his way, not continuing, listen, to think the way that we think. Because what we have to understand is we think the wrong way. By nature, the word nature means you naturally do it. By nature, we think the wrong way. Why? Because we're born into sin. We're reborn in Christ. But just because you're reborn in him does not mean you think the right way naturally. So we have to learn to think God's way. Now, why is that challenging? Because you would think once you get saved, you automatically think the right way. But I need y'all to tell me something. When your babies are born, do they automatically think the way you want them to think? Yeah. Right? It takes training. It takes time. It takes repetition. And that's the same thing with, our, with, our, well, with the Lord. The spiritual always models the physical. And so in this case, we have to learn what to take in and what not to take in. So today's message is titled, Let's Talk About Some, everybody say this out loud. Let's talk about some good news for a change. Don't we need it? Don't we need it? Just by show of hands, y'all can talk to me if you want to, just by show of hands or saying yes, how many of y'all either watch, read, look at, see some kind of news during the course of the week? With your hands remaining up, because I already know the answer, when was the last time you heard any kind of good news on that news? Never! Like, I don't hear it. It's unbelievable. Matter of fact, I don't care which side that you watch. I don't care if you're a Fox News or a, you know, other news, CNN's the one President Trump likes to talk about. I don't care if you're a Fox News or CNN, let's say. And you love this side or you love this side. It's all negative. I mean, it is just bad news. It's just which bad news do you want? Pick your poison, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. Sometimes I lay in bed to try to find out, and I'll read Twitter or I'll read something, and I'm just like, is there anything good going on anywhere ever? When was the last time I heard anything good? And this is what they'll tell you. We don't talk about good things because it doesn't make people watch. People love I have no idea why either. We love bad news. We love it. I mean, we're, we're consumed by it. How do I know? Because we all watch the Tiger King. <laughs> and not only is that bad news, that's scary news. Right? <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> Killed her husband. I knew I could get it. We all, we all are consumed with the crazy and the not so good. And I don't care. I watched it. I don't care how. <laughs> Only do it. I don't care how much you believe one thing or the other. At the end of the day, there's not a whole lot of good coming out of that. Right? I mean, it's crazy. Right? We're consumed with it. Consumed, consumed, consumed. Listen to me. We're consumed with it. To the point that it starts making us sick. And I'm talking about COVID-19 is not real. It's real. But I'm talking about it gets in your head and then all of a sudden something you didn't have, you, you become because you are consumed with what we hear, what we constantly get filled with. And the truth of the matter is this gospel, the word gospel, the word good 
is the word good news, and it's, it's the message of hope in Jesus. But most of us aren't filled with good news. Most of us are filled with chaos and craziness and scared news all the time. And so today what I want to teach you is how to confess. Everybody say confess. What God says is true. How to confess what God says is true. And there's some things that we need to unpack and begin to understand. And the first thing that I want y'all to understand is you don't get news just by seeing something. So what does that mean? I'm not saying by reading something because that's reading a word. I'm saying if you just see a scene and you mute the TV and there's no closed captioning and you're just watching and there's no words running at the bottom and you're just watching yourself, it's not nearly as bad as what they're saying it is. And you wouldn't feel nearly as bad if you didn't hear it or read it. You may see something awful taking place, but until you hear them tell you how bad it is, you don't quite fully grasp and believe in your heart how bad it really is. Words matter. Words are how God does business. God created everything with words. In the beginning was the word, is what John says. And the word became flesh and lived among us. That's Jesus. God does not create by having to do magic tricks. God created the world by his mouth. And he created you to do the same thing, to be a creator with your mouth. The problem is we create or repeat the bad news a whole lot more than we repeat the good news. It's flipped upside down, and we got to flip it. But look what Hebrews 11 says. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the... By the word. So that what is seen was made from the stuff that's invisible. God made everything from what was not to what is by speaking. What I want y'all to know why that's important is we have the word of God, but we eventually confess or believe and speak what we consume that's the most. Whatever we're consuming, we eventually confess. How do I know that? Because I listen to y'all. I don't know all of y'all, and I don't literally have relationship one-on-one -on -one with every one of y'all, but I can at least see your social media for the most part. Some of y'all, we might not be friends or whatever. That's fine. But, but for those that I know, I can listen to. And I can hear, you, you would say to me, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the way. But then when I hear your confession, which means what you truly believe, when I put a little pressure on you, what you truly believe, your confession is, woe is me. The ceiling's falling. The sky is falling. We're all, ah, we're not going to make it. 2020 is the end. I just <laughs> help us. Eat. No. No. Because here's the truth. If I walked up to you today and said, Rhonda, you have cancer, all of you would think that's bad news. Until I said, but guess what? I've got the cure. And there's nothing that it, it won't kill you. Not only that, it's going to make you better after a time. It's to show the glory of God. And all humanity is filled with something that is worse than cancer called sin. And yet we let the sin be what is the talk and not the cure that Jesus offers us in his son. Or excuse me, God offers us in Jesus. We're silent about the cure and we're loud about the cancer. And that's the issue with being upside down. Whatever you consume, whatever we confess, it's a revolving door. We eventually confess it because we consume it, consume it, consume it, consume it. 
Look, this is what the Bible says about that. Whatever a man thinks in his heart or a woman thinks in her heart, so are you. Whatever you think, hear emotionally and hear reason, you are. The more you think it, the more you become it. And then Jesus said it this way. I'll just prove it to you that you say what you think. You brood vipers, how can you speak good things when you're evil? For out of the abundance or the overflow of the heart, your mouth, your mouth. Now this is the issue with that. If you think it, it ain't good. But if you think it and it stays in there, something doesn't happen that is a powerful transaction that probably you don't even think about because we're not taught this. A confession has to be spoken verbally. It is not what you write down. It is not what you look at when you pray. And you always say, I pray every day. I pray all the time. But you don't pray out loud. Someone say out loud. You ain't confessed it. Confession can't be silent. Let me show you the Greek definition of confession is this word, doesn't matter. And it means to voice something to conclusion or agree with, to confess or declare and admit. It is not silent. It cannot be silent. You can't be silent and confess. You can't be silent and confess. Someone say, say it. Say it out loud. Say, say it. That's confession. That's speaking to an agreement. That's telling me that you want me to do something. And the problem is, all of you would say we agree with that or we agree with God and you would nod your head. But it's like pulling teeth to get some people to say things out loud in agreement, in a good way, confess anything positive on planet earth. Better yet, that Jesus is king. Oh, but by grannies. You will argue and confess all day long what you think about whatever you think. I ain't got to get nobody to try to work on confession if you got an opinion. But we just haven't drawn conclusion fully, agreed that Jesus is Lord, that he's the only way, that his way truly is better, that even though I suck on certain days because I'm a human, that is not my outcome, that was my day. I don't personify what I did and make it who I am. Once I do, that's my confession. And the problem is, we don't realize that Satan's goal is to silence the church. Not not get you to come to church. He don't care. Newsflash. Watch it at home. Newsflash. He don't care that you're a part of this. He don't care that you're a part of this. As long as he can make you not agree with each other, and I'm not talking about who you vote for, I'm not talking about your opinions. We can have different teams that we like, and that is not disagreeing. That's just having opinions. That's having things we like that really don't matter. When you die, if your team wins the championship or not, does it matter? Nope. It matters if you know Jesus. It matters if you agree in Jesus' name for the things that God called you to be called to. We are silent about those things, and we're vocal about the things that don't matter. And he's winning. And it's crazy that he's winning. Because he's winning with no real team. It's all fake. It's all a counterfeit punch. But we're listening to it and taking it in like it's the real news. And it's flipped upside down. And we now think the things of God are upside down and backwards. I got news for you. And it's good. It's not. His is the right side up. It's just the vast majority. I'm not talking to the world out there. I'm talking to the capital C Global Church. We are the reason that they don't think that this is the good news. Why? 
Because we're not confessing what we say we believe. We're confessing all the bad stuff. I'm going to preach real good today. I'm just letting y'all know. This to me in 2 Timothy 3, Paul is telling young Timothy, listen, I'm going to give you a, a sign of what the end will be like. I'm not declaring or making a confession that I think next week Jesus is coming back. I do not. I think some things need to take place first. I do think we're getting closer. I mean, that's just logic, right? I mean, it could still be a thousand years away, but we're still getting closer. Come on, Jesus. I'm so smart. But Paul said this, I just want y'all to listen and take this in because this is us. It says, understand this, that in the last days there will come times that are difficult. All right? I mean, some of us, this is the most difficult thing we've ever been through. I think this that three quarters to 99% of y'all ain't even touched. But you had to wear a mask one day. My God, what torture. I don't like them. But if this is the worst torment I go through, then to God be the glory. I mean, come on, Jesus. But now, outside of that, there are difficult things going on. The world is rapidly changing, and so is this country. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself, and I don't mean today ahead of myself. I mean in this series and even in the next series. Can I just help y'all, and we're just going to keep going, and for those of y'all that this offends, I mean, just your theology is just really whack. This ain't a Christian country. It's just not. It was... It, I hear all the time, this is what I grew up with. You don't hear this from me. But I grew up with the fact that, I'm going to say this to you, Cameron. I, hey, Cameron, I love you. I grew up with, this was founded by Christians. But the more that I study, not propaganda that we were taught in school, but actual truth, they were deists. Which means they may have thought that God was real and, 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 and he was fine and, and they wanted freedom in religion. And I'm grateful. I love our country. I'm not mad at America. I'm just saying let's not say we need to get America back to Christian. Oh, no. I want to get the church back to Jesus. I'm not worried about redeeming our country. I would rather redeem the entire world that knows Jesus and then, and then we walk together in harmony. And believe in each other and not care that we can disagree without disrespecting each other about silly, marginal things that are not really that important. But the problem is, we think in the good old days when these certain things were happening, or, or some of us on the equal and opposite thing would say it was so bad then, but the, it's all about the capital C church, Jesus' bride, that has never really decided that we're going to do it God's way. But we just hope, listen, we just hope God will come in, swoop in, and get, do the mag magic pixie dust and make us be happy. As if that's his goal. Or, this is what I felt like today was when I was praying through this this morning, that God wants to make me better. God, God does not look at you and say, you're not confessing, so I'm not making Jenny better or Shannon better. He's looking saying, what I want you to do in confession is that you can reflect me because that's what I created you to do. That's his goal. And these times are difficult. And then look at this verse. It says, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, disobedient to parents. Some of the parents should say amen. Come on, somebody. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, un unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit and pride, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then this is the bomb. Having the appearance of godliness. 
but avoiding or denying its power. You know what we would say right here? I would never deny God's power. You do it every single day. I do it every single day that I don't confess. Confession can't be silent. So as much as you might say, I'm confessing, if your prayers are always silent, you ain't done it. You want to do it, but it feels weird. It's awkward. And it says that we should avoid such people. The problem is it's hard to find people that aren't those people. I'm talking about in the church. I'm not strictly talking about y'all. I'm talking about capital C. It's hard to find people that aren't these things and not these things. And this isn't a list of do's and don'ts. But I want to help you understand why confession is so difficult and why we don't stop patterns and old strongholds. We continue them. And this is the issue. If you're like me, you're an arguer and you're skeptical and you want to immediately say, well, I don't do those things. But I want to point out a couple things. Racism and gossip and pornography and show you that even if you're not practicing those things, how you're not only letting the stronghold stay, but in some cases you're strengthening it in someone else and in the global body. Racism. When you hear a racist joke and you laugh, you don't have to be the racist, but you're strengthening that stronghold. I'm, I'm letting y'all know that when I say stronghold, I mean demonic force. I'm not going to mix words. Demonic force that is evil, that has infiltrated the church. And these are three. There's many. But racism, when I laugh, you don't have to be the racist. You can just, you can just affirm that you think that that was funny. You're like, but I don't want to offend. You're more worried about offending someone for telling a raunchy joke than you are agreeing with the Lord Jesus. That's on you. But you're wrong. At home, I love you. That's wrong. Can I tell y'all something? I've been wrong many times, but not anymore. Not on this or this or this or in Jesus' name, as best as he'll make me every day, not on any of these. Gossip is not about you gossiping, y'all. And so obviously, if you're gossiping, then it's about that. But this can be just a lack of you not wanting to hear all the crap that people want to bring to your ears. If people constantly bring gossip to you, then you're the gossip. Because a gossiper knows who, who they should tell and who they shouldn't. Why? Because if I don't get gossiped to all the time, then I'm not a good receptacle of gossip. And people aren't listening and looking at me going, he wants to hear. How do I know if those people are gossipers? If the first thing they say to you is, did you hear about? They probably gossiping. What is gossip, Mark? What is gossip and what's not gossip? Is it necessary to say? Should I have said this? Was it building and uplifting of a situation or an outcome? Did it try to build me up or the Lord up? Did I try to make myself better or them worse? Or was it truly saying we really need to pray for them? Because that's one of the biggest areas that we gossip. Let's pray for them. <laughs> but we don't pray, do we? We say, bless their heart. Did you hear about old Pam, so-and-so? And then we gossip. Stronghold strengthen. It's got to become confession and not gossip or condemnation. And then pornography, if you have not looked at pornography your entire life, but you watch TV shows that have nudity in them, and you won't get VidAngel or another block thing that you can stop these things. I know you like a lot of shows. And we say things like, it's not that big of a deal. 
I love my wife, I love my husband, I'm not really worried about that. No, you're, you're strengthening a stronghold on, in the global church. And there's many, many more. But I'm coming into agreement with whatever I'm consuming and whatever I agree with. And the more that I shake my head like this, the more that I agree with it and I pay for it and I, and I put a stamp of approval on it. This is what form of godliness means. As a result of that, this is what we are. Now look, it means to contradict, refuse, or do not. I will not. I refuse to. What's this word? Yeah. Say it loud. Did you see that? Refusal to confess means that, that, that I push away the power of God in my life and in the global church. This is how I would describe the church. We don't confess. We're silent. No matter how many amens I get in this room and high fives and you might be so excited by the end of this that you want to run and shout. When was the last time someone in this room over their children said, you're a world changer? I believe in you. God made you with a purpose. And then you pray over them. Not thank you, Jesus, for this food. That's awesome. You should pray before the food. That's whatever you want to do. But that's not the prayer that you should have. That's not the end of prayer. If the only time they hear our voice is when we fuss at them, but we never tell them what we believe they are in Jesus, then why are we surprised that they're just living out our confessions of them? If you're an idiot is the confession that you've given of them, then when they're an idiot, don't get mad. Because you're speaking what they're going to be in your mouth. Confessions matter. Someone say confessions matter. And you know what our confessions are? They're bad news all the time. So let me show you what confessions are and are not. Refusing to confirm and, and, or confess is the result of, being, of the unwillingness of speaking them out loud. They cannot be silent. So how do we, can turn our, how do we turn these complaints and these grumblings and these frustrations? How do we turn this around and as a body and in your family and in your home? You say, Mark, my personality type is I don't talk a whole lot. I don't care. You do talk about the things you're most passionate about, I promise. I've been around the most introverted people in this room. You get them talking about their team, good God Almighty, they'll talk. You get them talking about confessing the Lord Jesus, krip, 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 them crickets. Right? Come on, say yes. Confirm Jesus. How do we do it the upside down way? First, you've got to understand what it's not. Confessions are not denying physical facts are real. I'm going to try to free some of y'all before I get to the meat. It, it's not lying. It's not, it's not saying there's not a, a, a sickness going on. There's not craziness in the world. There's not people that are jacked up. It, it's not denying that you're going through a hard time. That's not necessary. Matter of fact, it's not bad to share the difficulty you're going with other people. It's not complaining until it becomes perpetual, until every day on your mouth you begin to say, this is my outcome, not this is my current situation. But in the middle of telling someone what difficulty you're going through, you have to speak what God says the outcome is or it becomes your confession. It's not denying reality. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. So just because you can see it, and just because it is it does not mean that should be my confession. My confession should be the overflow of my faith. And so what should my confessions be? Thank you for asking. Upside down confessions are declaring what God says is true. It's declaring the word of God. How do I declare the word of God? Literally take the word 
and begin to let it come out of your mouth. Don't just read it. One reason that I listen to the Bible every day is because I'm hearing the word. And the heard, the spoken word of God is powerful over my life. Confessions are, are then saying what God says about you is true. So the more that you deny what God says about you is true, the more you're agreeing with Satan. Because I promise you'll agree with him if you're not careful. And it's also getting together with brothers and sisters and confessing those things about them. And it feels weird to say, you know, Katie, I think, and, and, just, and just say things that are life-giving in what Jesus says about her. But it's not making things up. I think you're going to have a Ferrari in six months. I don't think that. Now, if you get one, that's cool. But I don't think it's a confession from the Holy Spirit. You don't make things up. You get in agreement and lock in what God says about you is true. It is good news. It is good news. Even if there's something that you got to call somebody up, correct them, it should still be a godly confession built in that. But I don't think that's who you are. I think that's what you did. Because what God says about you is true. And his blood covers you. And you're, right, you're the righteousness of God. You know, when I say that, I'm not just speaking feel-good message. I'm speaking what God says about every one of his followers, not because of what they did. There's no one that's righteous, not even one. But because he calls me that, I am. And the more that I speak it, the more that my old, yucky sin nature, the gap begins to close, not because of my good behavior, but because I begin to believe what he says about me is true. And the more that happens, the less I want to do that old crap. But if the only thing that I think is I don't want to be that old crap, guess what? I end up making the stronghold stronger because I speak about the things that I am naturally and they become a confession. And I say, why do I end up keeping doing these things, doing these things? And part of the reason is because I never confess my sins to God. First John 1 John 1.9 says if we confess them to him, he's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. And then repentance sets in and I'm not telling him every day I'm sorry. I'm telling them every day, you made me to do it your way. But then this is the thing that I find we miss the most. Sorry, this one. James 5 says, confess sins one to another. The prayer of righteous people have healing anointing. That James 5 passage right there is talking about how people are healed. That we pour oil over them, that we call the elders together. But the power of God is not in the room just because you put oil over someone or you lay hands on someone if there's not been confession of sin. That confession of sin is not against the person who you're trying to heal. Or excuse me, who you're trying to, to let God heal through your hands and through your prayer. Because you don't heal them, he heals them. But the confession happens when brothers and brothers get together and they're honest with each other, not making light of it, not strengthening the stronghold, but say, I'm really struggling in this, in this area. I'm sinning. You call it what it is. But you confess it. Do you know what we do? The word opposite in the Greek for confession is the word conceal or hide. Because by God, if you find out what I really struggle with, then you might not think highly of me. You know what? The goal is not that you think highly of me. It's that you think highly of him. But the power of God's supposed to flow through me and get to them. And the reason that it doesn't is because we hide the things we should be letting out to godly people that we can trust. Let me say this as a side note. Do not put this on social media. Do not put all your sins on social media. Confessing sins one to another is not confessing to every single human on planet Earth. 
good God Almighty don't do it, right? Can't trust them. But to the few, to the handful, to the brothers and sisters that you run with, you should be able to. And if you're the brother or sister that they're running with and you think less of them, then you think too highly of you. And not highly of him enough. Why is the church a picture or form of godliness with no power whatsoever? Right over my shoulder. Because when was the last time someone confessed sin to you or you confessed to a brother or sister? We won't do it. And we silently do it to God, right? Can I just be honest with y'all about this? You see, in, in bold, I wanted you to know that praying out loud is the important thing. The funniest thing ever is when we grew up in church, I grew up with some of y'all in this room. Y'all remember this? During prayer request time, everybody raised their hand. There'd be three prayer requests. Two of them's for your grandma's toe. Mama's knee. One other thing. 72 unspoken. Look, that's cool, but that ain't it. Because it ain't that. It can't be silent. So, so I'm not saying in front of the whole group you should be telling them, but in front of somebody, not only do you say it, you've got to express it. And then stop texting them, I'm praying for you, and call them and declare it. Why? Look at what this, y'all going to have to write fast. Truly, I say to you, if you, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. If you agree in my name, anything. Someone say anything. You know what that means? Anything. It don't mean you get to make it up, but it means if he said it, it's already done. Why do we not have power together? Because we're silent. For real. It's awkward to pray out loud over each other. But so was kissing the first time you did it. And it got gooder and gooder. Come on, somebody. And your braces might stick together the first time you do this. But you do it again. And you do it again. And the more you pray out loud and declare over your children and over your family, the more things will be bound that are supposed to be bound from there. You aren't saying things hoping that you have enough authority. You're saying things because that authority's coming here. And what needs to be loosed annulled that's what that word means let go of you got to have some agreement in this place for this place to respond it needs to flip upside down and if I paid everybody in here a hundred dollar bill I couldn't get some of you to do it how do I know I just watch and the death that remains on so many homes is because of our unwillingness to confess and agree. But we're willing to confess and agree what Satan says is true because we fight like cats and dogs. Your humanity is not going to go away. But the more you speak what God said, the more the gap can be closed until heaven comes. Heaven comes when you die or when Jesus returns. And I'm not sure which one of those are going to happen. But until that day comes, I want the gap to close every day. And it's not going to happen unless these, when we're gathered together, we're actually agreeing in Jesus' name and not perpetuating the old. Agreeing is voicing like-mindedness. Now watch this. I want to close pretty quickly, but I got so much good stuff. Can y'all hang in for a couple more minutes? The Bible says that this isn't my opinion. How can two walk together unless they agree? This has been my thought all week. It's just been churning up in me like it's going to explode, so it might right now. 
I want to operate and be a part of the global church in this body. What Psalm 133 verse 3 says that God's commanded blessing is on. He, it is not a maybe, it is a guarantee by the creator. His word says it. But it does not say I'm commanding a blessing because you're mine. It says I'm commanding a blessing when you walk together in unity. But, but, but look what the word says. How can we walk together unless we agree? This is not having the same opinion about everything. This is agreeing what God says about Rhonda, what God says about Josh, what God says about Blake. It's true. And even when our minds, our understanding about old stuff, our upbringings disagree a little bit when, with our human understanding, we know that deeper than that, my spirit man and your spirit man agree because deep calls out to deep. So as a result, we walk together in unity, not caring who your favorite team is, not caring who your other crap is that really doesn't matter. But understanding this is the things that really matter and this is what I'll hang my hat on. I am unwilling to fight with a brother or sister over something like this to the point that I'll walk away from a relationship with them. But, but on the things of God, now that's where I'll draw the line. And if he calls me to something, I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to do it. And I want you to do the same. And we can agree to disagree about silly things, but we better agree to agree about the things of God because I want to see the commanded blessing, what God calls us to be under, that it's never, ever, ever our cost. It's always heaven's cost. He paid for it. He bought it with a price. Everything good comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. I never have to work my way to get a blessing. I got to work my way into or, or submitting under together. Someone say together. I don't believe you can live a blessed life alone. I don't believe you can live a blessed life lonely is what I mean by that. You can be single, but that ain't alone. You can be married and full of kids and be alone. So many of us are dying inside wondering what the problem is, coming to church, showing up, punching our Jesus card every week, but you've never voiced out loud this agreement, this confession. You're doing it backwards, and you're letting the bad news be your life. And that's not the point. Why is this so difficult? Because Satan despises agreement. He loves it when you'll be in conflict with each other. His goal is to destroy. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and... Still kill Ant? His goal is to destroy. So his weapon is deception, it's lies, it's deceit. And his plan ultimately to do that, to get you to destroy each other. He doesn't want to destroy you, he wants you to destroy you. And he'll do it through division. Look at what Jesus said. A kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste or destroyed. The whole thing about this upside down is the kingdom. And the kingdom isn't just heaven it's the kingdom of heaven coming here. Repent, the kingdom is at hand. The point is, we're a divided kingdom wondering why this looks carnal, chaos, crazy all around us. Why does the Bible say that I can look at a mountain and tell it to move, and yet every mountain that I see in front of me seems like they're not moving? Is it because God lied? Nope. It's because we have no agreement. Is it because God lied? Nope. It's because we have no confession. It's because the only confession I think is to a preacher. That's not confession. Confession is declaring God's word. Confession is getting in agreement and falling under what he said. Confession is understanding 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that I have the mind of Christ. 
and that I speak only what he says like Jesus said he did. This is, this is so good, y'all. Y'all got to get it. Satan, this whole thing, by the way, like the entire Bible is what I mean by the whole thing, is a courtroom scene that is so easy to miss because we read the Bible like a devotion book and not a government document from citizens of a kingdom from a king. And the manual that is given to us is from the maker. It's like, it's crazy. And the Bible says, the Bible says not, I think this could be true. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That's you and that's me. And he accuses them day and night is what verse 12 of, of Revelation, or verse 10 of Revelation 12 says. That word in the Greek literally means prosecuting attorney. Here's what a prosecutor does. They accuse you of what you did wrong. They're saying you're guilty. Why does he not want you to confess and agree? He wants you to believe you're guilty. He wants you to confess your guilt. What does God want you to confess? What the advocate does. A defense attorney may know that you're guilty. I'm about to preach the paint off the walls right now. It ain't got nothing to do with that, but his job or her job is to declare things, reasonable doubt, so that when the judge or the jury looks at you, they can't say you're guilty based on all reasonable doubt. They say, based on the evidence, someone say evidence. I got to declare them innocent or not guilty. And God's not going for a hung jury with you because there's a clean sweetness about to take place because he only calls two witnesses according to Revelation 12 verse 11. It says that the advocate calls first the blood of the lamb. Why does that matter? Because he became sin. He became sin. He became sin so that through his shed blood, you could become his righteousness. And through the shedding of blood, without the shedding of blood, according to Hebrews, there could be no forgiveness. But because he shed his blood and you received it to yourself, you're absolutely forgiven, past, present, and future. Once you receive it, you're forgiven. So you may have screwed up this morning. You may have screwed up last night. And the, and the accuser of the brethren will go to God and he'll say, yeah, but you don't know this about Josh, but this is what Josh did. And the truth of the matter is it's hard not to agree with him because you did do it. But the problem for Satan is this. Once, by the way, God's the judge. Once Jesus says as, as his defense attorney, I'm not going to give any word or any evidence. I just call my blood on the witness stand. Mm. But I'm going to call somebody else because that ain't enough. That's enough to save them. But I want them to overcome, and I want them to be overcomers every day, so I'll call a second one. I'm going to call them to the witness stand because they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Do you know what that word means? Their confession. Woo! Come on, somebody. Why do we stay defeated? We don't even get the blood on the stand. Better yet, our, our confession. We just say, oh, I'm guilty, I'm defeated, and we'll constantly get behind what the enemy says about us. Stop believing it. He's deceitful. He's full of lies. And just because what he says about what you did is true, it doesn't mean that's who you are. Who you are is who Jesus says you are. That's who you are. Stop believing the crap. Stop believing the lies. Stop personifying your sin and saying that's who I am. You are who he says you are. Look at what Jesus said he did. Jesus said, even I, 
the, the sinless, spotless lamb, the, the, the son of God. I only speak what God tells me to speak. That's how we speak. This is supposed to be how we operate. When I was losing my breath just now, this is how we're supposed to get. Why is there no power? Because ultimately power comes in, submitted under the right authority. So why can we not get to the third part of that? Well, because it has to be this, then this, then this. And we never get past agreement because we're unwilling to confess. But agreement in this room ushers in the anointing of God. Because watch this, Jesus, his middle name's not Christ. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, my mind's blown. That's the craziest thing I've heard all day. I don't know what his middle name is. But Christ means anointed or anointed one. He's ultimately the anointed one because he's the son of God. But he left his whole, his, Jesus' spirit for you. And in Christ, everybody say in Christ. You are anointed. His anointing enters you. But that doesn't mean he, his anointing is ushered in here. Why? Because of lack of agreement. What agreement does through confession, what agreement does is it ushers in the opportunity for the anointing to come into a room, to come into a classroom, to come into an argument that needs to be shifted and turned upside down, the anointing. And then the anointing gives way to authority. And when authority's in a room, it means the, the people of God that he's called to speak and declare things. Things move when they speak. It is not about a pastor, by the way. He may have given me a call, but he's called all of you to do this. To do this. So in your home, there should be authority. Dads, you should be able to speak the things that are not as if they are, Romans 4, 17. But we're unwilling to do that and we never get to the authority part because we won't do it God's way. And by the way, there's a verse for this because Jesus said, this is how I did it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's the first step. And he spoke it, what he said. And he has anointed me to bring the good news. Everybody say good news. To the poor, he has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released and that the blind will see. Pro the word proclaim shifts from a regular word. And listen, from a word of agreement to because I've agreed, now I can proclaim. Just because I'm speaking into a microphone doesn't mean I'm proclaiming. I might be messing around. But the power of God, the authority of God, His, His heavenly authority, the badge that says I've got the government backing me up, that's the word proclaim here. And it means that no longer are you just speaking with your words, but the power of God is on your words. Why are we, the church, a form of godliness with no power because it don't matter how much you talk them to death that there ain't no power behind it. But Jesus said, I was given the authority that the captives will be set free, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the Lord's favor, the time of the Lord's favor has come. Can I tell y'all something? I know all of us say, man, 2020, Lord Jesus, worst year ever. We're giving this year up. Just get us to the next one. There's things that we're going to wait on strategically until 2021, but I'm not giving this year up. Why? Because I don't think it's over yet. Because I don't think it's all bad news. Because I think God's up to something. And I think he's up to something through his bride, waiting to see if we'll do this one word, repent. Come back to him. Because I believe as a body, it's time to do this one thing and to do it together. It's time to confess the good news, everybody.
It's time to confess the good news. What's the good news? It starts with this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Whoever, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And some of y'all in this room have had unspoken time with God. But together, we're going to have some fun. I don't care if you've been saved longer than I've been alive. I want us to stand to our feet together. All is one. I, this ain't a bow your head, close your eyes. I, this has nothing to do with anything about your salvation. For some of you, this may be your salvation moment. But this is what I, I want us to confess the good news together. So we are going to pray. Now watch this. I'm going to teach y'all something. We're going to pray together with our eyes open. Because it doesn't say to close your eyes in the Bible. Some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, that's the second thing he said. Jesus, his middle name ain't Christ and you ain't got to close your eyes. I learned it all today. You don't have to close your eyes. We do it to not get distracted. But a lot of times we get more distracted, don't we? Because y'all sit there with your eyes closed and you start daydreaming about the craziest thing. They're 10 feet away from me and they're right beside you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on. ADD people shout yes. We're going to confess this together. So that means you can't confess it like this. Jesus. That ain't confession. I'm going, ah, if you do it. I need you to say, Jesus. Jesus. All right, we're about to do it. Y'all ready? If we're going to do it big, we're going to do it big then. Y'all ready? I want to make this confession real. And for some of y'all, it's the very first time that you've ever said any kind of confession in your life. But what we're declaring right now is Jesus is king. And we mean it. So say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I believe believe that you are are the Son of God. God. I believe believe you died. You You were buried. buried. And then you rose on the third day. I believe believe that by your shed blood, blood, I am set free. Today, I declare I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, we all need to shout in this place. I mean it. I'm going to talk to the camera, and while I'm doing that, I'm talking to all of y'all. I believe at home that while you're driving down the road, while you're at home by yourself, whatever, that you are call on the Lord away from him answering. But calls aren't silent. The Bible does not say if you text upon the Lord. And I know that's funny, but we live in a text age, don't we? But you have to call on him and you can't call silently because that is the same word for confess. But that word on the back end means a little something different because it means to call knowing that his authority can get you out of something. And what he's getting you out of first is your death and your own self. But I don't believe just because you're saved, that's the last time you call. I believe it's the first time you call for the rest of your life. So you got to stop being silent. Can I tell you all something? I believe there's people in this room and watching online that the very first time you ever said those things out loud with your mouth was just now. And if you did and meant it, this is what I want you to do. Don't wait to tell us. Text us right now. 
This, this number, 864-606-3600, 864-606-3600, one word, alive. Why should I do that, Mark? Like it doesn't really matter if I've already confessed that I'm saved. Absolutely true. Do I need to text to be saved? I don't believe you have to text to be saved. We can just help you begin to walk. How can two walk together unless they agree? Let us agree with you and be excited about your salvation. And for everybody else, listen to me. This is what I want you to do. I want y'all to practice in this song right now. I want y'all to make practice right now in this song, understanding that we don't worship God to make them excited that we're loud and singing. And they don't sing to us. We worship together to lift up the name of Jesus above all names, to declare sometimes the things that he says about us is true. You said I was worth. That's a declaration. That's a confession. I want y'all to take these next five to ten minutes as the service is closing out and practice your confession that you can lead into changing this world in Jesus' name this week. So let's confess together. Jesus, we worship you. And all of these words are to our heavenly Father through Jesus. We want you to receive all praise and glory because you're worthy. And you call us sons and daughters. So that's our declaration today in this amazing song we're closing with. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Let's sing. Yes, Lord.